Good morning. Good morning, Calvary family and friends and those worshiping online. Love one another. Do everything without grumbling. Bye-bye. <laughs> I heard the collective groan. <laughs> Anybody else just like trip over those scriptures? Do everything without grumbling or arguing. How's that going? <laughs> and then, and then do, do that while loving one another. And not just like that fake kind of love ya, but, and not even love one another like neighbor and self, but Jesus love. Jesus love one another like Jesus loved you. That's a very high bar, right? So how do we do that? Come on. How can those both, those, both of those statements be in the same book? And the love one another as I have loved you is the law of Christ. Paul is describing the law of Christ in the same breath as he's saying, do everything without grumbling or arguing. Come on. Talk about impossible, right? I'm not doing well. How about you? I mean, the last couple years, I've had a little grumbling. I've had a little problem. Anybody else? Tell me I'm not the only one. I mean, really, it's been hard, hasn't it? It's been harder, I think. Feels like it. I mean, it sounds, love one another, it sounds so basic, especially in church. Well, we know that. Come on, Lori, give us something new. Come on, of course we're supposed to love one another. Well, how's that going? We've, we've got to work on it. I know, we know, we hear this all the time. Love one another, come on. Well, it is sort of new. It's new every day. It's the law of Christ. He gave it to us, and then he left planet Earth because he knew it would take us forever to get it, to get it right. Jesus institutes this at the Last Supper. He changes everything, everything, everything. It's the new commandment. It's the new covenant. Love one another like I loved you. It's never been done before. It's never been seen before. It's absolutely new. The old passes away. The new has come. The law is past. The new has come. Grace is here. Everything changes. And if we didn't have to remind ourselves every day, the world wouldn't look like it does now. I mean, we're still, it's still a process. And I think my problem I'll just own it, is I just don't feel like it, <laughs> right? I, I don't want to love everyone all the time. I don't feel like it. I don't know. Again, I hope I'm not alone up here because I just don't like everyone. <laughs> alone love everyone because it's hard to love someone you don't like or who's not like me. Right? We, we naturally clump into groups that are like us. That's just normal. Can we just admit that? It's just normal. We kind of group into people that are like us and that like us. Poor Jesus. He never found anybody who was like him. Never. Never. There was no one that he could pal around with that was like him. Nobody. He never hung around with anybody who wasn't a sinner. 
Well, his mom, close. <laughs> the Catholics would say, yeah. <laughs> but close. <laughs> Rise is close, but never. Never. And we've never met a non-sinner either. We haven't. But He says, love one another like I loved you. So this is going to take some serious intentionality on our part. It will not happen by accident. We're going to have to put an effort into loving one another. And so this is when Paul is talking about do this without grumbling or complaining. Um, let me put this into a bit of context. He says, do everything without grumbling or arguing. Why? It goes on to say, so that you may become blameless, blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. That's what the verse goes on to say, in a warped, warped and crooked generation. Oh, he's got that right. It was a warped and crooked generation then, and oh, it's a warped and crooked generation now, isn't it? Oh, and the older I get, the closer I get to the get off my lawn. I'm, I'm, just, getting I'm just getting closer to that all the time. Oh, the kids these days. I mean, I'm just closer and closer all the time to just being that grouchy old lady. I'm like three cats away. I'm just, I'm so close. I'm so close to just that, oh, everything's so messed up, this world today. You know, it is a warped and crooked generation. It was then every single generation passed. I mean, our parents, our grandparents, every generation looks at the generation now and goes, oh, it's such a mess. It's never been worse, right? We looked at it. It's warped and, and crooked and a mess. And what are we going to do when we wring our hands and I get stuck there and I just want to argue and complain and just wring my hands about that? But as I sat reading the don't argue and grumble and let my eyes drift back up, what's before that? Keep reading, and I was stunned by what is before that. So let me go all the way back to the first part of Philippians 2. And let me just read all of it. Philippians 2, 1 through 13, all of, all of what precedes that. Paul says, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united in Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in the spirit and of one mind, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Now get this. From this mindset, here's what Jesus did. Who? Being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage, but rather made himself nothing. By taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as man, he humbled himself 
by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Other translation says, he made, he emptied himself. He made himself a slave. He made himself nothing. He was a man of no reputation. He set aside his deity. He made himself. God who was everything, Jesus, God who was ruler of the universe, made himself nothing. Even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation. There's that intention. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act to fulfill his good purpose. So we see these two things at play before we get to the do no grumbling. Two things. A reminder of what Jesus did for us. Made the big trip from ruler of the universe. Everything made through him for us. Set aside his rights and privileges as ruler of the universe, as king of the universe for us died for our sakes and then gave us the spirit to work through us to grow more and more like him throughout our lives to help us become more perfect in that love, to have that intentionality to be able to love like he does. He gave that to us. Now comes verse 14, having all of that as a backdrop, now do everything without grumbling so that so that you can become become faultless blameless and then you will shine like stars in the sky by contrast if we do that we will be contrasted to what the world looks like we will shine like stars in the sky that's pretty good let's sparkle a little bit we'll become like stars in the sky by contrast to the earth We'll look different than the world. We'll look like stars. Well, we can sparkle. We can look like stars in the sky. And, you know, we can hear uh, the Jesus' words in Matthew chapter 5, 16. Jesus says, let our light shine before men. We should be sparkling. When we're doing these things, when we're loving in an abnormal way, when we're loving those who are unlovely, that makes us stand out. How will people know that we belong to you when we are loving? That's the hallmark of a Christ follower. When we love the unlovely, when we love when it doesn't even make sense, when we love anyway. We're supposed to be in this world, but not of it. Right? We're supposed to be in this world, but not of it. Well, how do we do that? How do we do that? How do we love in such an unlovely place and time? How did Jesus do it? I mean, he walked, this earth in a, walked the earth in a more divided time than we do. We, we know there's all this division going on. We know that. He walked the earth in a much more wicked, divided time than we do. He lived in a time and place of Roman occupation. Slavery was assumed 
absolutely just part of it. Women and children were considered property. Um, slavery could happen to anyone at any time. Um, it, slavery, you could be, anyone, anyone could be sold into slavery just to pay a debt. It wasn't uh, about ethnicity, it was about economy. It, and it was assumed, it was everywhere, it was assumed. Um, and so when Paul says, though I am free, I have made myself a slave to everyone, that must have sounded completely bonkers to first century people. What do you mean? You made yourself a slave. Who does that? Everybody lived in fear, except the very, very elite. Uh, everyone lived in, slave, in fear of becoming a slave. And he's saying he did it to himself? What? That's crazy. So that, he says, he could win as many as possible. He, he's doing that on purpose. Submit and serve in order to influence people. That sounds crazy. Sounds crazy today. You don't submit and serve so that you can influence people. Don't you try to get power to influence people? He's saying, no, 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 no. Submit and serve. Isn't that what Jesus did? He humbled himself in order to influence the world. Again, Christ's law, to love one another as I have loved you. Paul says, again, in, to the Corinthian church, I've been all things to all people so that by all possible means I might save some. Sounds like compromise to me. Be all things to all people. That's wishy-washy, isn't it? That's compromise. We're supposed to be holding firm to the truth. Don't bend for anybody. That's what a good Christian does. We don't bend. Don't compromise. Hmm. Sounds like being of this world, doesn't it? Did Jesus compromise himself? Being of this world? Of course not. Of course not. But even to his observers, certainly the Pharisees, even his disciples, sometimes he looked like he was, but he did not, of course. So I look to the final king, the law of Christ, our final king. He says, love one another. The final and only king says that love determines everything. Love drives my attitude, drives my behavior, and drives my approach to everything, period. Love is the beginning and the end of the argument, love. I don't have a choice about what love looks like. I don't have a choice about that. What, it, it's love. If I'm a Christ follower, I love like Jesus loves. Love sits at tables with sinners without sinning. <laughs> love lifts up women and children at a time when they were seen as less than. Jesus touched the untouchable. <laughs> he loved the unlovable. He blessed those who cursed him. He forgave me and you. And I know it's hard to love like Jesus loves, like he loved us. I mean, after all, it's, we got to think it's easy for Jesus to love us because we're the church people. It's easy for Jesus. I mean, there's just a little part of us that believes that, right? It's easy for Jesus to love us because look at us. We're here in church. We're online. We're here. <clears throat> It's, it's got to be a little bit easier for Jesus to love us. I mean, really, that a little bit. Then, you know, Jesus loves me, this I know. How he loves them, I don't know. <laughs> now, I'm not looking at anybody. <laughs> 
But, you know, I mean, be honest with me. There's some people in the world that, like, I don't know how he loves them. I don't know. I know, I know that, you know, so for God so loved the world that he, I, I know that intellectually, but I just can't fathom it. They're so different. But he, he did. He does. I don't understand it. But you know what? I'm learning how. I, I'm, I'm learning how. And, I mean, of course, I've got to give you a baby fold example. Because I, I meet people that on the surface, I really don't understand how. I, I, I have to make a connection. I, I know intellectually God loves them, but I look at their life situation and it's like, wow, they seem so far away. Their situations are so different than mine and their, how they think about things is so different than how I think about things. And I just... It's hard for me to imagine, but let me tell you one, and I always tell you true stories, and I won't use any names or towns or anything, So you know, but I'll just tell you. Um, a while back, I, I was called to do some pastoral care with the family, um, and I, it was the first visit, and I, and I knew this was not a good neighborhood and, and not a good situation. It was a grandmother who was raising the grandchildren, three grandchildren, and a daughter was kind of in and out of the situation. So I had that much information, and I know I've been at this, it'll be 36 years next week. Um, so I, I kind of know how to do this kind of work, and so you know that when you're going into a neighborhood like this and a, and a home like this and a situation like this, that you um, go to the bathroom before you get to the house because you're not going to want to use that bathroom. Um, you don't want to eat or drink anything when you get to that home, probably you just don't, so you make sure that you are hydrated and, you know, not hungry, um, and, um, you know, you, you say your prayers before you get out of the car and all that, so I, I did all that, and I pulled up uh, in front of this home that was just kind of a, one of those falling apart homes, and um, got out of the car, walked past the collection of bicycles in the driveway, and one kind of car that's hanging on to the last coat of paint, and uh, walked up to the house, and the grandmother uh, greeted me at the door, and she's she's a grandma, but she she's young. I find out later she's younger than I am, but she looks much older than I do, and she's had some hard years. And she invited me into her home, and it's kind of dark in there. Um, but I, I come in, and and um, <laughs> there's <laughs> there's a hot water heater. Their hot water heater is in the middle of the living room. Um, she invites me to sit down. Uh, on the couch, and I'm just trying not to touch anything. There's a dog over in the corner just losing its mind barking at something. And I like dogs, but this dog is like wild and wildly barking at something. And she goes, oh, don't mind him. He's just got a mouse. Okay. She goes, don't worry. He won't kill it. He's just playing with it. Nice to meet you, ma'am. You know, and, and I've got my good face on, right? I know. Check your face. Check your face. No judgment, right? Check your face, Lori. And I know, and, I, and I'm coming in with the Jesus heart. I am. But inside, ew, 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 ew. And I have my purse locked in the car because I don't want anything crawling in it. I know, I'm, right? But, and I'm checking it, but I'm feeling it, okay? All right, so, but I want to hear her story. Tell me about your family. And I'm going to tell you just a little piece of it, okay? But I know, but just by my description of so far, you've already started to write her story, right? This is a grandma raising granddaughters 
missing generation here in a fallen down house. It's a mess. It's a baby fold client, so there's something going on, right? And you can kind of start to fill in some blanks. She's made some bad decisions in her life. Where's the middle generation? Probably in jail or something. There's probably drugs in this family. There's probably something going on. Where's, where's the dad? What's going on? Why are there kids without parents in here? Where's the, you know, did, right? We all can do that. We can be very quick to write the story for somebody, right? But I'm going to sit and I'm going to listen. And I'm not going to share all of it because we got younger folks in the room, but she was raised in a very abusive situation that continued through the generations, okay, with no escape, financially, no options, etc. So as I heard her story, my heart broke for her, and I began to understand why decisions were made and why safety was such an issue and so on and so on. But one question I, I had to ask her is I, so I looked around the home and I, I began to understand more and more of her story. But one thing I just couldn't kind of get past, every wall inside that home was painted like neon colors, like orange on this wall, yellow on this one, lime green on this one. I mean, like, I understand trauma, but why would that make your decorator sense be so wonky? Like... Chip and Joanna need in here right now. I mean, I, I mean, I get trauma, but why would it come out like that? I mean, what the heck? It was like a funhouse circus weirdness, right? And I'm, I'm controlling my face, but inside I'm like appalled at that. I mean, I, it's really disturbing to me, okay? So I asked her. <laughs> my curiosity got the best man. I'm like, so tell me about the the artwork. Tell me about this colorful home. <laughs> and she said, well, you know, myself, my daughter, even the kids, we have so many bad memories in this house, and we can't go anywhere else. It's all they've got. We just decided that we would paint the walls, <coughs> excuse me, to cover it up. They're covering up memories. And they, went, and they went to, like, Lowe's or somewhere to get free paint. You know how that, they'll give you kind of leftover paint? Well, that's what's left over. It's not pretty beige, you know? And they wanted the bright colors, and so they, that's how they did it. It was art therapy. Okay. Okay. That's cool. Good for you. And, and I, be, I began to see that as beautiful. What was, like, horrible was beautiful. It made sense. Because, again, I say this every time I speak. Everybody's doing the best they can with what they have and with what they know. Everybody. You, me, everybody. Doing the best they can with what they have and with what they know. They just need somebody to come alongside and help them with what they don't have and with what they don't know. That's it. Simple. Love one another. So I love you. That's it. That's what it is. Okay. So... Later on, Paul's talking to another church in Galatia, and he's saying, look at me skipping pages, good for you. Okay. <clears throat> he says, carry one another's burdens. In this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Again, what's the law of Christ? Love one another as I have loved you. In doing that, 
you'll fulfill the law of Christ. When we carry one another's burdens. Well, when we carry someone else's burdens, we have to do something. We have to stop. We have to face the direction they are facing and walk in the direction they are walking and see things from their point of view. And to carry someone else's burdens is not solve their problems. To carry someone's burden is simply pick it up. Pick it up for a second and walk with it with them. Pick it up and carry someone's burden. It's, it, it, it's so simple. I used to think, well, that means do somebody's work for them. Pick it up. Take their load and take responsibility for them and absolve them of their issues. That's not, that's not what caring is. It, it's, it's step number one. Pick it up and realize how heavy it is. You don't know how heavy it is until you pick it up. You know what, there's people that have a pretty darn heavy backpack. And you don't know it until you pick it up. You can't tell. Now that lady that visited her home, it was obvious she had a heavy backpack. It was obvious, she was wearing it. It was obvious. But it's not always so obvious. Sometimes you pick up a backpack and it's full. It looks like it would be easy and you pick it up and it's full of student debt (laughs) or um, concern about am I going to outlive my money? (laughs) Or we don't know what the the burden is unless you pick it up because sometimes it's very obvious and sometimes it's not. I picked up little children, itty-bitty backpacks, and been shocked at how heavy that little child's backpack is. Do you know what I'm saying? can't believe how heavy some of those little tiny backpacks are of worry and hunger and fear and you name it. Their parents whose children are carrying heavy backpacks and they pick the child up and they pick up that backpack with them. You know what I'm saying? You just have no idea until you stop. Fulfill the law of Christ. Pick it up. And just just realize, just have some understanding of, wow, that's heavy. And it makes you curious how long you've been carrying that, man. And it's pretty hard. If you carry their burden for a little bit, it's pretty hard to just hand it back to them without asking yourself, could I take a brick out of that for you? Is there anything I can do to lighten that for you? Is there any? And maybe not, but boy, ask a question of yourself. Is there something I could do maybe that would make that a little bit easier? I don't know. Good question, though. I'm so grateful that Calvary asked that question, though, in so many ways, and all the outreach ministries that we do. I am so grateful I'm so grateful that we do that. We assess the weight of some backpacks around here. And we're going to bless some backpacks this morning. I'm so glad because um, it, it's literal and figurative. We need, to, we need to be doing that because if we do that, boy, it's so much easier to shut off the grumbling, isn't it? So much easier when we put that in perspective. What Christ has done for us, whew, that fills us up so that the, kind of the grumbling and arguing can kind of simmer down. <laughs> When we realize, boy, we got we have it to give. We do have it to give. We've got we've got a supply. Woo! 
We've got a supply that doesn't end. So we're not going to run out so that we can shine like stars in this world. We really can. We can sparkle, Calvary. We can sparkle in this world. Let's get about doing that, shall we? And maybe a little less grumbling. I'm ready if you are. Amen.